my job is going to be to connect, like Lauren said, where we've been and where we're going, because we want you guys to see the big picture. There is a reason why we started with walking by the Spirit together and where we're going in the next couple of months and years is practically how do we do that together. We've talked a little bit about some practical ways that we can battle and uh, seek the Spirit and um, do that in a body, but what are some practical ways that that fleshes itself out? So we're going to start that here today, and then that's also what our winter conference in 2020 is going to be. And we already have the dates set, and there's some signs around that kind of give the dates just as a heads up. There are some options for that, so you can come Thursday night, you can come Thursday and Friday night, or you can just come Saturday if you'd like. Um, but the theme is going to be similar, and we're, we're going to do more of what we're doing today in the sense of we're going to connect... Galatians 5 to how do we practically work that out. So that's really what that weekend will be about. And we hope um, that it's helpful and encouraging to you as we do that together with one another. So to start off with, think about 2019. We're sitting here. We're saints of Summit Woods. Um, and God calls us among lots of other things. But Lauren said, and reminded us that walk by the Spirit is a metaphor for sanctification. It's, it's what we're all supposed to be doing and what God has really done in us, right? So in 2019, that's what we're doing. And we're doing it together with one another. But what I also want to connect it to is we're not the only ones that are doing this, right? It's not just us at Summit Woods that are doing, that's doing this. There are believers all over the world that are doing this. And there are believers in the past that have done this. And one of the most helpful things I have found is reading biographies of saints that have gone before us. Uh, I think there are testimonies of, like in the Bible, of Paul and John and I think of Lydia. I mean, there are believers that we can read about in the scriptures. But there are also believers over the last 2,000 years who have walked by the Spirit. And they've done it. Not perfectly, right? And sometimes it looks messy, and you read it, and you think, really? But then you look at your life, and you say, yeah, really. <laughs> this is what it looks like, right? It's a battle. It's, it's messy. It's not, it's not always pretty. In fact, a battle is ugly and bloody and dirty and painful and tearful. Um, and then there's some times where it's victorious, and you win, but that's, that's what we're looking at. And when we look back at biographies in the past and saints in the past, um, we see their whole picture. I mean, as much as you can in writing. I know you, you don't get to visit with them, but you see their life from normally from their birth to their death and, and how they walked with the Spirit. And I think that's a helpful exercise. In fact, last February, we looked at a woman Harriet Beecher Stowe, just as a picture of this is what one life looked like of walking in the Spirit. And I want to introduce and connect a couple others today with kind of where we're going. So you'll see on your page, we're going to look at Harriet Beecher Stowe just real briefly. And we're also going to look at Charles and Susie Spurgeon. 
And then finally, we're gonna go way back to 1678 and look at John Bunyan. Because we want to look at John Bunyan's uh, book called The Pilgrim's Progress. And it's not actually a biography of a real person, but there are times where you're reading it and you're thinking, this is a real person, right? This, this looks like me, actually. <laughs> but um, John Bunyan writes, hopefully many of you are familiar with it, but he writes a allegory of Christian and how Christian comes out of the city of destruction, looks to the celestial city and the king and his son, and wants to walk in the way of the path towards that city. And so we're gonna spend some time reviewing a section in the book this afternoon, or this later this morning, I should say, and um, and kind of walking through, okay, what, what does Christian do in this one particular situation that we're gonna look at? Um, so one of the reasons why we're choosing this book is because there have been other Christians in the past that have used this book to their great encouragement. And as a ministry t leadership team, we thought this would be a great way to practice walking by the Spirit. It's not just picking one, one person. It's kind of a, a metaphor of the Christian walk. So we're not just pointing to one person and said, look, you have to do it this way, right? Um, but we're looking at a, um, an allegory of things it could look like. Now, some may say, why aren't we studying the Bible? And I, I want to address that because I think it's, it's valuable. We love the scriptures here, and we want to be full of God's word and be guided by God's word. Um, and so that is our priority first off. But that doesn't mean that we can't use other resources, especially resources that other Christians have used throughout the ages, so the last 400 years, that have been spiritually helpful and encouraging. And so we just think that Pilgrim's Progress is one of those resources that really hasn't gone out of print, and it hasn't gotten old, even though some of the words are a little challenging. Um, it really hasn't gotten old. So that's why we're going to try to make the connection um, with us walking by the Spirit in 2019 to John Bunyan in the 1600s with his work. So the first thing I want to remind us of is look at Hebrews 13.7. Uh, and you know we're going to be in Hebrews for a long time. We're, we're, we're not anywhere close to 13, but it's a helpful verse to kind of guide some of our thinking of why we're going to look at some of these individuals. So 13.7 says, Remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. Remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. So today, pastors, teachers, books that we read, those are ones that have taught us and led us, and we look to them, and we consider the result of their conduct, and then imitate the faith that they're teaching, right? Well, we also do that with books from 400 years ago. We, we can look at the conduct of someone's testimony in their life, and we can learn from them and then imitate their faith. And that's what we're going to be doing as we look at Harriet Beecher Stowe real briefly, Charles and Susie Spurgeon, and John Bunyan. So think about a few of these saints of the past with me. 
in uh, February at our winter conference, Becky Peterson highlighted Harriet Beecher Stowe and gave a quick biography of her and went through some of her life and her ups and downs in sanctification. And one of the things I was struck by is that she actually enjoyed thoroughly Pilgrim's Progress. It was one of her favorite books, and you know, she was an excellent author, right? Almost changed our nation because of her book. We learned that. Um, but one of her favorite books was The Pilgrim's Progress. Listen to this quote from a biography. The book Harriet loved best was Pilgrim's Progress, John Bunyan's 1678 allegory of the Christian life. The work was only second to the Bible in the Beecher home, and the children knew every scene and character by heart. Later in life, it was not unusual for them to see the world through Bunyan's eyes. For example, near the beginning of Pilgrim's Progress, Christian's heavy burden falls from his back and rolls into the tomb of Christ. In 1863, Stowe said, slavery was the burden of our national guilt. Thanks to the emancipation, it rolled off, this is a quote from Bunyan, it rolled off and I hope has fallen into the sepulcher from which no devil ever so intent on mischief shall ever fish up again. So that there were direct quotes from John Bunyan in her works. Then later in life, actually right before she died, uh, there was a publishing of her letters and journals, and she wrote the letter of introduction. This is what she says. It says right at the end of her life before she dies. If these pages shall lead those who read them to a firmer trust in God and a deeper sense of his fatherly goodness throughout the days of our earthly pilgrimage, I can say with Valiant for Truth, who's one of the characters in Pilgrim's Progress, in the Pilgrim's Progress, quote, I am going to my fathers, and though with great difficulty I am got hither, yet now I do not repent me of all the troubles I have been at to arrive where I am. My sword I give to him that shall succeed me in my pilgrimage and my courage and skill to him that can get it. So at the beginning of her life, that was one of the first books after the Bible that she knew and loved as a child. And then at the end of her life, that's the introduction to all of her letters and journals. She's, she's regularly quoting John Bunyan's work, The Pilgrim's Progress. So then there's another one, uh, actually a couple that I thought was extremely interesting. Many of you have heard of Charles Spurgeon, a great preacher in London in the 1850s. Interestingly, uh, before he even married his wife or proposed to her or almost on their first meeting, he had given her a copy of the Pilgrim's Progress because he had heard that she was discouraged in the faith. This was actually his, one of his favorite books as well. And he says that he's, he had actually read it over a hundred times. Listen to some of these quotes, because he is trying to encourage this woman that's, that will someday be his wife, but he doesn't maybe know that yet. He gives her this book. Listen what it says about what Spurgeon thought of Bunyan. Spurgeon confessed, Next to the Bible, the book I value most is John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress. I believe I have read it through at least a hundred times. It's a volume of which I never seem to tire, and the secret of its freshness is that it so largely is compiled from the scriptures. It's really biblical teaching put into the form of a simple yet very striking allegory. 
And I think he sums it up. That's one of the reasons why we think it's valuable to read it and think on it and try to practice some of the things that we see in it because it really is a striking allegory of the Christian walk and it's filled with the scriptures again and again. There's also another quote I want to read that Spurgeon says. He's urging the earnest study of the Holy Scriptures. And he says, Oh, that you and I might get into the very heart of the Word of God and get that Word into ourselves. As I have seen the silkworm eat into the leaf and consume it, so we, to do, so we are to do with the Word of the Lord. Not crawl over its surface, but eat right into it until we have taken it into our inmost parts. It is idle merely to let the eye glance over the words, or to recollect the poetical expression, or the historical facts. But it is blessed to eat the very soul of the Bible, until at last you come to talk in scriptural language, and your very style is fashioned upon scriptural models. And, what is better still, your spirit is flavored with the words of the Lord. I would quote John Bunyan as an instance of what I mean. Read anything of his, and you will see that it is almost like reading the Bible itself. He had read it till his very soul was saturated with scripture, and though his writings are charmingly full of poetry, yet he cannot give us his Pilgrim's Progress, that sweetest of all prose poems, without continually making us feel and say, why, this man is a living Bible. Prick him anywhere, his blood is bibline. The very essence of the Bible flows from him. He cannot speak without quoting a text, for his very soul is full of the word of God. I think that's a great testimony to John Bunyan's work and one of the reasons why we want to concentrate on it. And so Daniel Pintamoto is going to come in a couple of minutes and talk us through some background to the Pilgrim's Progress and John Bunyan and the significance that Pilgrim's Progress has had over history, but I wanted to make the connection for us between walking by the Spirit together and the Pilgrim's Progress, that this is a valuable work to look at to help us think of ways to practically walk by the Spirit. So I, we will flesh that out more in the, in the final hour of our meeting this after, or this morning, and then again um, at the winter conference. But what we want to encourage is a understanding of, okay, this character, Christian, was on a walk in the Lord, and there are things that he encountered, there are people that he encountered, and sometimes he wins in the battle, other times, he seems to fail in the battle, but he's constantly fixing his eyes on the king and the son. And sometimes when he doesn't look at them, he has to repent and turn. That is so similar to us and what we are doing and what the walk in the spirit looks like. As Lauren pointed out at the beginning, this is a battle that we're in. And we do have the Spirit walking with us and guiding us. He's not going to let us go. He's not going to ultimately take us from the celestial city, as it were. But there are times where it doesn't look that easy, and it looks more difficult. And Christian and his walk help us to see that, 
very clearly. Sometimes there are times where he's by the river and it looks wonderful and the ground is soft and it's happy and there are times like that in our lives as well. But um, we wanted to make that connection of walking by the Spirit and then how we are called to look to other people in the past that have done a great job of walking in the Lord and we would imitate their faith. And so um, a couple of examples that we've already gone through and, and looked at um, was Harriet Beecher Stowe and then the Spurgeons. There are, there are lots of others we could talk about, but those were just two that I, I was familiar with and I thought these, we had already talked about Harriet Beecher Stowe a couple months ago, so that was a good connection. Um, but we want to think of practical ways this afternoon or this, later this morning of how we can walk by the Spirit together. Not just with one another here at Summit Woods, but also remembering there are people in the past who have been walking by the Spirit, and we can learn from them and grow from their wisdom and experiences. So we're going to have Daniel come up and teach us for a little bit, and then we'll take our break, okay? Okay. <laughs> 